What exactly is a marriage or a relationship coach? It's a term that you're going to see more and more of. I am, in fact, a certified life coach specializing in relationships for many, many years now. But the idea of a coach is still new to some people. How does it differ from a therapist or counselor? And uh, what can you expect? And what is it actually like to work with a coach? That's what we're going over today. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Relationship and marriage coaches. Uh, You know, what's interesting about this is that coaching is a form of therapy. And really, there are as many ways to practice marriage counseling or therapy or coaching as there are coaches and therapists and counselors. I've said that a lot. My analogy that I use for everybody is finding a counselor, finding someone who's going to help guide you is a lot like dating. You have to kind of feel it. It's not It's not a paint by numbers kind of thing. If you Uh, if you, if someone says you really need a psychiatrist because you want the ability to prescribe medicine, (laughs) then, you know, that might be good for some people and not others. If someone tells you, you know, you should look for a psychologist versus an MFT versus an LCSW or, you know, go coach because they're more intimate. It really depends on you and your needs. Um, marriage coaching, uh, one big difference is there's not the same clinical training, But I do have a bit of a bias there. So um, when you get your marriage and family therapy license, or if you're going towards your PhD even, a lot of people who even are on a doctorate level don't specialize in couples. And let me tell you that working with couples and working specifically in the romantic space is very much specialized. It's a very special field. In fact, if you were to survey, as many have, um, the therapists who are working in this country, most do not prefer or even accept working with couples. It is one of the most difficult. It is one of the most complicated and draining energetically for a lot of therapists, they most people prefer working on an individual level because you don't deal with the bickering of the couple inside of the session. And so it's a lot easier to just tr- talk one-on-one with somebody. And I'll admit to that too. I work with individuals on their relationships. I don't do anxiety, depression, things like that as a coach um, outside of a relationship. Typically, that's not my specialty. But I do deal with a lot of men and women who are in a relationship that is not doing well, needs some improvement, and their partner simply doesn't want to come on and and work with them. So they come into relationship coaching on their own, and they do this kind of couples counseling on an individual level. And they're easier to deal with because there's less fighting. But depending on the relationship, it's more appropriate to have the couple in there and work on their conflict resolution and shared goals and whatnot 
as a couple. So I get why some therapists, my wife's a great example. My wife does not like working with couples. She might change that down the line. She specializes as a therapist in perinatal issues like postpartum or, you know, issues that arise during pregnancy, like depression and anxiety, specifically anxiety is, is one of her big core things. Uh, and so she specializes in that. Again, that's also another field of therapy that very few people specialize in. And the truth is, when you go to a um, when you go to school to get your license to get your degree first, then your licensing, um, you're not really taught so much on a couple's level as a marriage and family therapist. You're, you're taught systems, you're taught family structures, but. If you want to get specialized and you want to learn about EFT or the Gottman method or Imago or ECCT or any of the other modalities of uh, working with couples that is specific to that field, they're simply not really taught in, um, in, at the college level. And unless you're interning or externing uh, with a therapist when you're getting your hours who specialize in it, it it's one of those things you kind of have to learn on your own. So uh, coaches generally don't, not generally, but almost exclusively do not have the training of going through a four-year degree and then a two-year degree and then the hours and stuff. They, uh, are, It's a much looser uh accreditation you know to get at your your license or your certification as it's not a license but your certification as a coach there's many different programs i have my own training program for coaches who are going to be working under me that i'm developing and it's my way of doing things so i believe very much in looking at the clinical world with people like the Gottman Institute or Sue Johnson's work on EFT or studying Gary Chapman's work on the five love languages. To me, that's kind of core tool sets or, or toolkits for a marriage or relationship coach. Some coaches do not go down that road and kind of ascribe more to, um, to different ways of working with people that are more in line with the life coaching process. But there are some things that a coach does that a therapist doesn't typically do. And it's the reason I chose to become a coach. I talked to my wife years and years, over a decade ago about becoming a therapist myself. And she saw that I, you know, my style and mode of working and, and was very smart to advise me not to go down that road because I wouldn't like some of the constraints. Therapists are held because of the licensing board to not cross certain lines Um when working in therapy. Some of them do it anyway. I'm going to be very candid about that. Some of them kind of break through some of those boundaries, especially if they've been doing it for 20 years and they know when to take those kind of calculated risks or when it's appropriate for the client. But it really, if you were to ask the licensing board, they would, would not be fans of that. Um, so on a very basic level, just as an example, a therapist isn't typically supposed to tell you what to do directly. The idea is to guide you to discover it on your own. That's kind of the uh, the school of thought for a couple of reasons. One, the buy-in's more if you discover the path on your own. And then two, you don't want to give the, the therapist the credit for the change. You want to take the responsibility and the credit for the change on your own. Now, while that's all well and good, me as a coach, I've always thought to myself, who cares where you got the guidance? Who cares if it was your idea or someone else's? If your life is transformed, 
that's a win. So for me, I've been very, I can get a little aggressive in sessions, not telling people, no, you need to do this, but I'll just say, I think you're making a mistake. And I think you should be doing this. I'll tell them very directly into their face. So that's one one way a, a coach will differ from a therapist. But in general, what does a coach do? There's different kind of aspects that most coaches will work on with a couple or with an individual dealing with relationship issues. So the first thing is facilitating communication. One of the main roles of a coach is to help facilitate healthy communication between a couple. And it may involve helping the couple learn how to listen to each other more effectively, things like using active listening, express their needs and wants more clearly. There's obviously some conflict resolution uh, that needs to kind of be gone over and reviewed with a with with a typical couple that's usually like a big reason why people come into therapy is that there's a conflict and they can't seem to move past it um and they might help couples identify and address negative patterns of behavior such as criticism or defensiveness that can damage the relationship um so facilitating communication is kind of key. And you'll see a lot of parallels from a coach to a therapist. Um, we all approach it in slightly different ways. But like I said before, if you see two therapists, I'll even take it a step further. If you see two therapists who are both CBT or cognitive behavioral therapists, if you see both of them and they have the same modality and they've both been in the field for, let's say, 10 years, you're going to get two vastly different experiences. This is a unique field in the mental health space when you're dealing with licensed practitioners where it's not a pill. The things you learn are taught verbally. And so the way the the person administering the education or the guidance is as much a part of the process as the process itself. So if you kind of don't like somebody's personality, I mean, literally an eye roll in the middle of a therapy session can make communication and the effectiveness of the treatment kind of go down the drain. So that's why, you know, picking your therapist is so complicated and so unique. Um, Just to kind of put that out there. So working on other areas of the relationship, it's another thing a marriage coach does. So it may, it might, it may involve working on things such as the intimacy, the sex, trust issues come up a lot. Commitment issues come up a lot. Um, it might be that your coach is there to help you learn how to be more affectionate and supportive of each other or work on rebuilding trust after infidelity or other breaches of trust. Um, at least that's the way my clients phrase it. I have a different perspective on what trust is and how it works. Um, but that's, you know, that's something that they'll do. So it's not just about communication. A lot of it is rebuilding things that are broken and helping you rebuild those things that are broken. Another aspect is providing support and encouragement uh, for each other. It may involve uh, helping the couple set goals for their relationship and creating a plan to achieve those goals. And you need the support and encouragement structure of the relationship in place in order to have that. Um, Staying motivated and focused on their relationship through support, through engagement is, is an encouragement is something that coaches often do. Coaches tend to be very goal oriented and very future focused, especially when compared to therapists. 
coaches tend to like to look at a tangible, achievable goal and work towards it. It's less exploratory and more of how do we get here? And so if the problem is trust is broken, then a, a typical coach is going to say, that's our goal, rebuilding trust. You know, Or I feel like I've given up so much of my career to be in this relationship and I'm feeling resentful. Instead of working on just the feeling of resentment, a coach might say, let's talk about your career and your goals and how your partner can support that specifically to get to that goal. So there's a lot of that support, encouragement, and very, very hard, aggressive goal accomplishment that most coaches will kind of go after. It's like low-hanging fruit for a coach because we love, every coach I've ever talked to loves accomplishing goals, setting goals, and all that stuff. How does it work? So marriage coaching sessions uh, typically take place in a private setting, such as an office, um, or you know, joint sessions also with an office. The frequency and the durations of sessions um, depend on the specific needs of the couple and the goals they're working towards. And this is true whether you're talking to a coach or a therapist. So you know, some therapists who practice Imago or Gottman or some of these other couples modalities will have marathon counseling sessions that are six hours long, or they'll do weekend retreats that are two or three days long. The typical length of a session otherwise is 50 minutes. There are some therapists and coaches who find that one and a half to two hours is more productive. In my own practice, Sometimes sessions are an hour and a half if we plan for them. Generally, I keep it to 50 minutes for the simple fact that anything more than that tends to just become a venting session, which I find somewhat counterproductive. If you need to get things off your chest, fine, but I'm pretty good at relegating that to a very small portion of the time. I like to talk about forward movement educating you on what might actually be going on, coming up with plans, and that stuff gets done a lot quicker. And the more time you spend after you've developed a plan complaining or venting, the more detrimental I found it to be. So I prefer more often to meet with clients on shorter sessions. And obviously shorter sessions will be cheaper than a six-hour session, so it's not like it's a difference in financial investment. But um, everybody works a little differently. I mean, I do, I do know that there are coaches out there that find incredible transformation in a, a weekend seminar retreat. But I find that you kind of need to work through those problems after the retreat because you're in a bubble in a retreat. So how it works is, is really, again, dependent on the therapist or the counselor. Most people will do one to two hour sessions. That's kind of the benchmark. Occasionally you'll find uh, marathon or weekend retreats um, or people who want to do like a three hour session. Uh, and that's fine. Just ask why and, and if it works with your schedule. I also find that people just don't have the time. You know, no, nobody really wants to sit there and talk for two, three hours about their relationship. It's painful. It's exhausting. I mean, <clears throat> even if you're watching a fantastic movie at the two hour mark, I fidget in my seat. You know, these two and a half hour movies that keep coming out, I'm beyond bored. I've, I've gotten used to just watching things in my house and pausing it. The attention span is smaller. 
So to me, 50 minutes is a very digestible session. And if you keep the education, if you keep the focus to one thing, people tend to absorb it better. You know, you shouldn't be trying to fix everything in one session. So how, that's another question. How long does cu- couples counseling typically go? And coaches uh, and therapists alike, I mean, this is kind of across the board. The average duration you're going to see someone to get effective results is a minimum of eight weeks, typically 10 to 20. That's a minimum. If you're seeing someone who doesn't have a very focused, intensive style and they are more relaxed, which is, it might be what you need, by the way, if you're, you know, someone who wants to take it at an easier pace and you're not ready to make drastic changes, you, you can typically expect a year or two that you're going to be working with someone. Might not be every week, might be every week though. So it really depends on where you are, how you like to work and um, what you're comfortable with. Uh, a, a very popular thing, and this is what I've kind of transitioned to since COVID, is virtual coaching. So I used to have people meet me at either my office or a comfortable setting. I did do house calls occasionally. But with COVID, it became impossible. Um, and I found that, with especially with couples coaching and counseling, that... It's much easier for people to meet while they're in different locations. I have a client where one half of the couple was incarcerated. So the idea of doing in-person sessions was obviously not an option. Um, we were able to get both parties of the, of the couple into the session uh, through you know, uh, a Zoom-type platform. But... That was the only way. And the truth is it's because I didn't come from a school of thought where I needed to sit six inches from the couple's face, have them turn to each other while sitting in chairs, which some therapists do. Some coaches do that type of work where they have people sit and stare and the, and that, the, the, the coach or the therapist is literally in the middle of the couple guiding their physical movements as well as their communication verbally. Um, I never got into that. So for me, it was a lot of, it was, it's always been more about cognitive learning uh, and educational tools of how your relationship can get stronger and then giving you a little bit of homework or sometimes a lot of homework on how to embody those lessons into your life after the session. Because it's fine and you know all well and good to have a great session, but I, my real goal is how do you, how do you deal with this when I'm not around? So if I have to be sitting there guiding, you know, hey, put your hand on his shoulder now, it just doesn't work for me because first of all, it's a little uncomfortable, it's a little weird, and I, I find that that barrier to get over that awkwardness isn't super comfortable for most couples. It's not comfortable for me either, and I, I just don't find it makes that big of an impact for the way I practice. Um, so virtual coaching has been kind of a godsend. People don't have to drive. They don't have to wait. They don't have to ask where the restroom key is. They don't have to take a break on their sessions. Everybody knows. 
Also, people, when it's a Zoom session, tend to show up on time because there's less pressure of driving somewhere. And then if you have two couples who are in different locations, they can jump in from their own phone on their lunch break or computer. So it's it's becoming more and more common. I know that the when I talk to couples, counselors, and I talk to a lot of therapists on this podcast, uh, when I talk to them about virtual sessions, the ones who have been working in the field long enough to where they would refuse at one point to ever do virtual sessions, you know, eight, nine years ago. Um, now that COVID is, is kind of on its way out, hopefully, uh, they're returning back to being in person only because that's what they're most comfortable with. For me, I, I've, I found it just the, the benefits of the virtual counseling have, have been so amazing for everybody um, that I think that's it's probably what we're going to do. We might reopen an office and, I, and especially with other partners that are coming on. Um, but it's it's just it's so much easier to hop on a Zoom, get exactly what you need and then go out. Now, one thing where marriage coaches will differ uh, from therapists typically is is the access you get to the coach. So some coaches are like therapists where it's just once a week. Uh, some are even just once a month. But I am very hands-on. So my kind of whole method of working as a coach is to be there in a way that you can't get in other with other people because I want to see the transformation happen. So there, yes, I do have clients that come and just want to have their session once a week and that's it and that's totally fine. But for, just to give you an example of the structure of the way I work with private clients and a lot of coaches have similar methods... If you're interested in like a 10-week intensive with a coach, it might involve other ways of communicating. Um, so for me, I have a course. It's a video and written-based course that goes alongside weekly sessions. And then on top of that, I also give my clients email and even SMS texting support and emergency calls for the 10 weeks. It's very involved. So essentially they can kind of get me 24 seven for the most part. And I'll typically answer pretty quickly to most clients. Uh, I am limited in how many I can take on as a result, but for the people who are interested in doing that intensive work, I see a huge, huge difference in the ability to transform your relationship because it's not something that you just dismiss until next Thursday when you have a session. That's kind of the other thing that my wife saw when she, she's like, you're too hands-on. You know, my wife is amazing as a therapist at being able to cut off the session and go home. And I, I have a lit, it's, it's something I've, I've had to work on. I used to get too attached to my clients and too invested and I would and it would it was wearing me down. I've learned to draw back a little but it's still there. So I still think about my clients constantly when the work's not there and I figure well, if I'm doing it, might as well make it an asset instead of a handicap for myself. Um so that's basically how most coaches work. They will offer some kind of high touch work with the couple. They might have their own process that they educate you in, in terms of developing tools. Uh, but again, some therapists, you know, we, I had a great interview with uh, Dr. Patricia Timmerman on the podcast recently, and she developed uh, a model called the IAP model, which is unique to her. 
And so it's and it's a beautiful model, and I've already used it with some clients in terms of explaining it. So uh, you should check it out if you if you haven't heard that episode yet. Uh, I, I don't know if it's published yet, but if you because <laughs> the schedule is a little wonky here. But um, but when it comes out, you should you should definitely pay attention to it. Um, it's it's brilliant, and she's a therapist. She's not a coach. Um, so coaches again do a lot of the same things that therapists do. They're able to break through some of the barriers that psychotherapists can in terms of direct advice, high touch points, which which would not be appropriate in most therapeutic settings. Um, and, you know, they can do certain things that, I'll give you another example, like a therapist wouldn't be able to suggest a diet. Um, and a coach might suggest that because that kind of crosses the line into physical medicine. Uh, a coach will suggest it and kind of a smart coach will, will tell you to check with your physician, of course, but, um, they, that might be something that, that they suggest. So it's kind of like all things are on the table. Um, and again, goal oriented, there's virtual sessions available, but it's, it's about finding someone, whoever you go with, whether it's a coach, a therapist, psychologist, a pastor, a minister, my big advice to you is treat it like dating Find someone that that resonates with you. See how they meet. If it's in-person only, virtual only, does that work for you? Are you the kind of person who wants or is open to having homework? Or are you only wanting to deal with your relationship once a week? Um, all these things are questions. And there's going to be a coach who operates in the exact mode that you want or is able to tailor a signature program just for you that works with what you're looking for. And if you're more interested in therapists, I would say learn. There's another podcast about the modalities of doing couples counseling from Gottman to EFT to uh, CBT to ICBT. I mean, there's just so many different ways. Learn a little bit about how couples counseling is practiced and then find the right guide, find the right person to receive therapy from. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically it. You know, the, the idea is we're there to facilitate as a coach. We're there to help guide you down the path, teach you conflict resolution, teach you communication, and then whatever the uh, the unique approach is. For me, a lot of it is, uh, is about your own individual internal work, how to find joy in your own life outside of the couple, which most people don't typically go into, but that's kind of a what I found to be most uh, beneficial for me in my coaching practice. That's it in a nutshell in terms of how marriage coaches work. And I hope it was helpful to you to kind of hear a little bit about the differences. But I think the big takeaway is there's no simple answer. Everybody works a little bit differently. If you're struggling in your relationship or you feel like you need a little bit of handholding to understand how to go from having a bad or even a so-so relationship to the one of your dreams, then I would love to speak with you. Head over to my website, mrspirituality.com. That's mrspirituality.com. And you'll find a big button there or a phone number. Just click or call and let's set up a free 20-minute consultation with you where you could speak to me or someone from our team one-on-one just you and us for 20 minutes where we can kind of guide you and show you how we can transform you into a relationship expert yourself. Again, it's a completely free consultation. Just head over to mrspirituality.com. Again, that's mrspirituality.com and click or call and we'll set something up for you right away.